0: Hi, I'm Raval Davis, and welcome to God is My Agent, the podcast. Some call it intuition, synchronicity, the universe, or even destiny. But it wasn't just talent that got these artists to this point. It was an invisible guiding force that has directed many actors and artists on their path. God is My Agent is a podcast where actors, artists, TV, and film professionals who have witnessed God's fingerprint in the guidance of their lives and careers, tell their stories. Your new road to God starts now. Actor and producer Dorian Missick's career spans nearly two decades. His first major appearance was in two weeks' notice, playing opposite Hugh Grant. But he's best known for his roles as Owens in The Manchurian Candidate. And Elvis in Lucky Number Eleven. Missick currently stars in the new ABC drama For Life, which is produced by rapper turned producer 50 Cent. Dorian is also a devoted husband married to the extremely talented Simone Missick. Speaking of what you were born to do, (laughs) do you believe that we all have a purpose?
1: No question about that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everyone has a purpose. And... Uh, sometimes they, you multiple purposes, mm. you know, um, we have little purposes, I think, every day, like sometimes, you know, you might speak to somebody or say something to somebody and it, it can just be something that you're saying in passing and it can have like a profound effect on that person's life. Yeah. That was your, that was part of your purpose. True Was story. to do that. So, so yeah, true. I think that we all have them, you know, we.
0: Do or do you have like a calling on your life or do you, or are you discovering it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm, I definitely think that there's something. Um, yeah. and It has something to do with service of some sort, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um And there's, like, various different ways in which you can serve. Yeah, You know? Mm-hmm. And so, I, but I'm starting to feel like, see, I'm getting the... I noticed that when I do do things in service to other people, Mm -hmm. that it's it's a bigger blessing to me. And I see things better, better things happening as a result of that, as opposed to me servicing like my own needs or my own wants. And so it's it's a tough lesson and I'm coming around to it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I think, I feel that often in our industry, right, where people are on camera. You know whether it be you know in media or whether you're an actor or whatever it can be it can feel like it's very self-serving like it's all about me right and a lot of people I think get into it for that reason but I feel the same way that like what you're saying is to be of service to use your gifts in service to others whether it is to tell a story it's such a profound and amazing thing right right do you feel that way totally
1: Uh, I mean even as it applies directly to uh, our industry you know yeah being in a film or something like that. You're mm-hmm. on set and it's a team sport. Yes. Uh, there's so many people there that may get that machine going. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of helps to be able to take it off of yourself and not say this is only about me because yeah, the, the performances and the actors are what ultimately will be on the screen and what will be critiqued about the entire process, mm-hmm. but you have you know lighting people you know, yes. you know craft service you mm-hmm. have and it's amazing when you watch all the whole team come together and then you realize I'm just a part of this team yes and so then your job is of service to this team yeah. and of service of te- you know of this you you're serving the story you're serving the the script you're serving that there's a there's a, a bigger purpose there than just these lights and these cameras are here to look at me right for me it's to do my me. thing right. yeah 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 <laughs> because that also has a revo- a reverse pressure Where you're thinking, well, if all the stuff's for me, I better not mess up.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, but if you have a feeling of it being a team sport and you understand that, then you won't have that problem.
0: I want to go back a little bit to, you know, aspiring actor Dorian Missick. Mm -hmm. Did you always know you wanted to be an actor? Always. Really? Yeah. Like when do? When's the first recollection you have of like I want to be an actor?
1: Um, I want. I was seven years old, and um, we went to go see Soldiers' Story in the movie theater. And I kind of knew I like being, I have a performative family. Yeah. And so we talk, tell stories, and it's like everybody listens. It's like a real big family in that way. Okay. And so I I was kind of already trained in that because Mm -hmm. in order to be heard, you have to make sure your story has flourishes and you tell it right. Right. And so (laughs) I knew I enjoyed doing that, and I knew that people made a living doing that sort of thing. Um, even at a young age. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to do it. And so then when I saw soldier's story, and I saw all those black black men on screen, mm-hmm. not being slaves, yeah. not, um, and just kind of, like, living a life. Yeah. And I realized, oh, man, there's a bunch of stories that I can be told, mm-hmm. uh, that can teach people, or yeah. that I can teach me, I can learn from, or just basically just be fun, you know? Because I also wanted to be Sylvester Stallone when I was a kid.
0: Okay. So it's like those two
1: <laughs> things combined, I was like, yeah, I got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All
0: right. And you actually, you were, you did some child star sort of work, right? Yes, I started off as a, star? yes. a child actor. I was a child actor, not a child star. star. That's a difference. Okay.
1: Yeah, child star is why I'm not on drugs. And why exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, child <laughs> actor is why I'm not, a, I'm not on drugs because I didn't become a star. Gotcha. Yeah. Nah, so I did it as a kid, but at, when I was younger, it was something I loved doing, but it felt more like a hobby. Okay. Because no, there was no pressure on me yeah. To for it to be a job. Yeah. So, No one made me take it seriously. No one was on me like that. So it was kind of like, you know, soccer season. Oh, and that's over with. Then I go on auditions. And then, you know, some people in the Cub Scouts. I was doing this. You know, it was like I knew girls who took ballet class while I was in an acting class. Like that was like, it was just a thing, the activity that also every now and again you get to be on TV as a result of it. Even though I knew that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life at seven years old, 10 years. Well, when I started, I was like 10. At 10 years old, it didn't seem like I had to make a decision about that being a career.
0: Gotcha. Were you like super famous in school? Were you that kid?
1: yeah yeah it was i ain't even gonna lie yeah really? wow. i was I about really oh, wow. yeah. a commercial going it was crazy like what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like webster or something <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie we, yeah we it was a big deal those stories yeah yeah that what was those a big deal. girls were doing yeah, it was a lot it was a lot <laughs> i learned a lot about those days all right <laughs> well that's for another
0: podcast um but okay so when did it get serious
1: um, it probably For me, it got serious uh, when it, I got to that age where I needed to make a living, you yeah. know, so like, you know, 22, 23, yeah. when it was like, all right, um, when most people my age were going into the workforce, mm-hmm. coming out of college and things, it was like, oh, okay, well, this is something that I'm really going to make a living at. Gotcha. And so let's get serious. I mean, I was already serious about the craft. Yeah. But it was like, all right, I got to get serious about actually making a living. Yes. And that's when it got serious. And right? were you
0: here right. in New York? Because I know yeah. you're from Jersey, right?
1: Yeah. I was, well, I was born in New Jersey. And then, um, yeah, so I was born in New Jersey. And then we moved to Brooklyn. And then I moved to Atlanta and then back to Brooklyn.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. A, yeah. So it was, I'm a little bit of... I got a little bit of everything. Like a little, little there. bit of everything yeah, going yeah, yeah, on. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So, did you start your acting career here in New York? I did. Okay.
1: Yeah, I did. What
0: was that like? Did you go to school first, or how did you uh, well, create that pathway? I was
1: acting as a child, so I was just okay. kind of doing it. Yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, and I had a child agency that, there was like a great agency. They 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 needed to do a documentary about this place. The Carson Adler agency was my agency mm. when I was a kid. Yeah. Everybody was there, like Britney Spears. Ben Uh-oh. Affleck, Matt okay. Damon, wow. th- like, yo, so many people came out of that, we're kids, you know, yes. they graduated and moved on, but yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. that office, man, they got an eye for talent. Uh, a lot of people came out of there. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, that you know, they represented me when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and um, and then when um, we moved to Atlanta, I went to the Performing Arts High School there, uh, okay. the Cap Center for the Arts, and that's really when it clicked. Gotcha. When I was there, it was when I found, like, a bunch of kids who yeah. were into what I was into, mm-hmm. and and it felt like a community. You know, I was like, this is my tribe. So that's when it really clicked that this is what I'm gonna do. Okay. You know, that's when I got serious and turned into like an acting nerd. You're an acting nerd. Yeah, yeah, Complete nerd Love about it. it then. Yeah, well, I was studying everything, Doing looking at all the different movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, mm-hmm. uh, learning all the directors and their styles. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Who I'm
1: inspired to work with. I had like a little notebook that I would write down directors' names. And wow. So I would know, like, okay, these are the movies he did. So if I meet this person or, yeah. or these, this is the things that she wrote. Uh, yeah. But, well, yeah, I was. Have you been able to cross serious. any people
0: off that list?
1: Plenty. Really? I, I mean, probably the whole list, actually. You That's know. amazing. Yeah, at this point, probably the whole list.
0: Wow. Yeah. That really speaks to like you know creating a, a very specific goal and you know it comes right. to fruition. Yeah,
1: it's it, you know what I didn't I've never worked with Nora Ephron. I remember her being on my list. Okay. Yeah, so well, that's the only one. one right. to come, yeah. right? <laughs> I do remember that writing that name and then I, I've never actually c- crossed paths.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. So Dorian, uh? tell me about your first big callback, if you remember it. Yeah,
1: I don't. It's been a long uh, time
0: ago. You have a long career. Right. Or you you think know is your- what's
1: interesting though, yeah. that when you when you say that, I thought about this, and, and and this is something that people don't talk about much. But I think a lot of the biggest advances that I are moments when I felt like this is something I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. came from moments like that callbacks, not jobs. Mm. When um something when I came close on something yeah. or it was like an acknowledgement in a way to let me know that oh wait this is. I'm really meant to do this. Gotcha. And I, so I, one of the things that really kind of settled it in, this is, wasn't my first by any stretch, but it mm-hmm. was definitely when I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm transitioning into an adult actor, mm-hmm. was uh, when I went pretty far in the process of the Antoine Fisher story, with wow. Denzel Washington, yeah. and was directing it. And like, that was the first time I got flown to L.A. for something, yes. for just an audition. And yeah. It was like a big deal to me. And it was, I didn't get it, but it was like a... a a moment—it was like a push, where it's yeah. like, "Oh, I'm in the, I'm doing the right thing." You in the right space? Yeah, because yeah. I was like, they—they only brought like two or three people from New York mm-hmm. to do that, and I was like, that alone let me know, like, all right, this is this is something I'm I'm supposed to be doing. Gotcha. And I've had like several moments like that when mm. it's like you know a little tap on the shoulder to say like, listen, this this is not the one for you, but. You're all right.
0: But you're 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 in line, you're you're on your path, right? Kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's something to be learned from this. Yeah. Uh-huh. And
0: you need those moments, right?
1: I do. Yeah, I yeah. know I do too. I, I mean do. But it's like it's sometimes it's difficult for people to really see it as a moment yeah. when it's happening. Yeah. Because you get so hung up on the I need the yes. Yeah. You know. And and interestingly enough, especially with Antoine Fisher's story, what was crazy is that you know, I flew out there and did it, and then I got out there. And after the first couple of days of the audition process, mm-hmm. they pretty much honed in that they were gonna go with uh, Derek Luke for yes. Antoine. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to keep me around. I remember the producer, Todd Black, was like, "Do you have to go back to New York?" And I was like, "Nah, man, I got no job." Like, right. <laughs> he was right, right. like, "All right, well, we wanna put you through the, the the process of like making you one of the other guys." Mm. So it was like every other role in there, they try to fit me in. Yeah. You know? reading with all the different people and going in and out doing work sessions and all this but the whole time getting opportunity to work with denzel yes uh Whoa. and it was it was really good really cool and then I, um so
0: wait so you were actually reading with denzel and oh yeah wow. yeah they, what we, was that we, like it was
1: I didn't even have a chance to get nervous because listen, I, I wanted to meet him so badly and yeah. work with him, but there was like all kinds of things that I messed up uh, when I landed in LA. They had a car there for me. I didn't know, so mm. I like caught a cab because I'd never. Okay. So like, this is your first time. Yeah. So like, I didn't know there was gonna be a car waiting for me, yeah. and so they, they didn't know where I was. Gotcha. I didn't know I had to put a credit card down at the hotel. Uh-huh. So it was like a lot that happened. Yeah. So I ended up being super late to my audition, oh, like wow. re- like an hour and a half late. Oh my like gosh. ignorant. And so when I showed up. Yeah, when I finally got there, we got all the stuff organized. And I finally got there. It was like, you're here, sign in, put you in the room. Yeah. Boom. Denzel Washington. Wow. And he's like, all right, let's uh let's do the first scene. And you know, it's a scene that was actually with him in the movie. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's hey, let's go. So I didn't have any time to be nervous because I was like, I had been running, (laughs) running, running. running. Yeah, and then and then it was just like the moment we did it. He started acting, and, I, and it was an a out-of-body experience. Where I'm like, I'm acting with Denzel Washington right yeah. now at, like, age 25. This just yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. And then I settled in, and I, we were in the scene. We were in it. And so that process, that was like, boom. And then when it was done, he just looks at me, and he goes, very good. Supernatural. He was like, it was just like you did on the tape, man. He was like, yo, very talented actor. Wow. I could have gone home then. I was good. I'm sure. Yeah, I was good. So I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Whatever happens at yeah. this point is gravy. Yeah. I flew to L.A. first class. I might have been like the second or third time I'd ever been on the West Coast. Yeah. And I met Denzel Washington. He told me I was good. I wow. can go home, man. I'm cool. Wow. <laughs> I was like, it's over for me. I'm good. And then I got home and it was a snowstorm because that's how New York does. Yeah. And I'm uh-huh. um, in the snowstorm and my cell phone rings and they're like, I pulled the car over, and they're like, listen, uh, we got uh, we got Denzel Washington on the phone for you. And I'm like, oh, God, this, this is it. I got the part. Yes. He was generous enough to call me to tell me I didn't get the part. Wow. But he was just like, listen, man, keep pushing. You have, you have what it takes. Like, don't let this discourage you. But it was just like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to Definitely do that. Definitely didn't yeah. have to do that. Nah, you didn't have to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I was yeah. I was like, why do they play with me? Why do they have Denzel the code? Why did he just send me an email? Yeah. But the fact that once once I got over that little ego moment, yeah. I was like, that was big. Yeah. And it was just what I needed. And that was his purpose at that moment. It was just mm-hmm. what I needed to say, all right, man, I can do this. And I booked my first big movie like maybe, like maybe two weeks later.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, after the Denzel co-sign.
1: I just felt like a champ. Yeah. Yeah, I really <laughs> did. I felt like a champ. Like, I was like, I really deserve to be here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So okay, for people listening who, who may be aspiring actors, who may be like working right now, how do you prepare for a moment like that? It sounds like you were pre-prepared kind of thing. Like you right. couldn't prepare in that moment, but it sounds like the work that you have been doing in the past got you there right. and made you, you know, be able to drop in and have a scene with Denzel Washington yes. and not freak out.
1: We get across from, at that moment in my life, like if I sitting across from him, it was just like, this was it. It yeah. was like, Iverson meeting Jordan for the first time. Like, look, man, yeah. I'm proud to be here with you, but I came to play ball too. I know that, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I know that no matter what <laughs> I throw at him, he's gonna throw something nice back at me. Yeah. So it was actually super, super exciting because I felt free. Like nothing, yeah. nothing I do-, do here will be un- you know, will not be responded to in the correct manner. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Oh. That's yeah. Such a good story. It was free.
0: Have you seen him? I'm sure you have. Oh, yeah, all him. the time. I've seen him all you the time. You see him all the time? Yeah. Does he remember yeah. that? Yes. He does. he does?
1: Yeah, he does.
0: Wow, talk about purpose. Yeah,
1: he does. And then, I mean, like that, ex- and, and you know, to even further that, that ultimately led to me being in a Manchurian candidate. Okay. Because when I met with uh, Jonathan Demi, late, great, incredible director, man, incredible guy. Yeah. Somebody else who saw something in me. But uh, when I met with him, uh, we only had one meeting. And um, he said to me, he was like, you know, I, I showed Denzel the pictures of the guys I was looking at mm-hmm. for the army, for the guys to be in the tank, and, and he was like, oh, this guy's really good. And he was mm. like, he told him the whole process of how I went through with Antoine Fisher and all that, and he was like, I just want to surround him with people he's comfortable with. So he was like, you got it. Wow. And the casting director, like, follows me to the elevator. She's like, that doesn't work. Like, just wait till we go home and wait till we call your agent, but, like... Don't you know? Sometimes directors speak too soon, but by the time I got home, they had called my agent. Okay, okay. But he he offered it to me right there in the room.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, (laughs) right there. That's
0: amazing. Yeah,
1: just (laughs) because of that.
0: (laughs) Your career—I don't think I've heard any stories like this before. Like it just sounds like it's so like just blessed. I don't know. I I don't have another word for it.
1: Walking in purpose, even if you don't realize it. Yeah, because I definitely did a lot to fight against it. You know, try Mm. to strategize here and there. I didn't start strategizing until afterwards. Okay. And then that just messed me up. Really? Yeah.
0: Talk about that a little bit.
1: I think like with anything in life, you know, when when you, you know, we do best when we walk on faith, Mm -hmm. you know, and like Mm -hmm. the path has already been paved for us. It's just about us trusting and walking out boldly on knowing that like when something is placed on your heart, you know, that it's there for you to have, you know, because there are other things that I can do, but they're not really on my heart heavy. You know, like I'm not really strongly drawn to be a, a movie producer only. Right. You know, I do it out of necessity. Yeah. But it's not my calling. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but there are things that are my calling. Yeah. And I find that if all I do is walk towards those things, yes. God makes a way for them to to, to come into fruition. Yeah. And something happened when I got my first film. When I got two weeks notice, and I started taking all these meetings, and people were setting me up with meetings all over Hollywood, and yeah. getting set up, meeting executives and movie execs and studio heads, and because no one knew me, and yeah. this is this big movie, yes. and so I was getting sent everywhere, like literally just like the bell of the ball kind of thing, yeah. and people were always asking me, "What do you want to do next? Well, what's mm-hmm. the next thing? Mm-hmm. What kind of projects are you interested in?" And I was like, yeah, "I'm just, I just." just happy to be working. And then I realized maybe I should strategize this thing. Mm -hmm. And I got very strategic about things. And I think when we try too hard to control things, we can get in our own way. That's cute. You you
0: preaching now. (laughs) All in my business and everything. No,
1: man. It's everybody. We need to know that. Yeah. So it's... But it took me a minute to kind of learn that, and I'm still learning that.
0: Yeah, you know? it's a, that's a tough balance, because you want to be doing your work and, and pulling your own weight, but you have to be able to surrender and let God do his thing at the end of the day too. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, it, seriously. It's, it's it's funny because when you realize, think about the things, and I, you know, I can definitely speak for this for myself, but mm-hmm. I think in a lot of people's lives, the best things that have ever happened to you, the best, most eureka sort of moments in life, can you honestly say that you were the one who orchestrated that? Right. Yeah. And so it's like that should give us comfort. Yeah. Me knowing that I couldn't have orchestrated that Denzel Washington situation. There's so many. There's so many. I mean, so many other situations in my life that I couldn't have orchestrated them. Right. And they end up being the most influential or most important moments of my life. Yeah. And yet the things that I've tried to orchestrate, yeah, some of them have been good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But we feel the need to have to be active. Yeah. You know, have to actively Working. do something. Yeah. Whereas it's like, man, you know what? It's really not that hard. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the hard part is, yeah, preparing. Yes. You know, getting yourself ready. But sometimes the hardest part is just trusting. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we feel like we especially living in New York, you feel like, well, if you're not active, you're not doing it. Right. Then what you mean you ain't hustling, man. This what is you, the hu- You're supposed to be on the phone with your agents supposed to be doing. This right. but, but if you just like, now nah, listen, man, what's mine is mine. <laughs> What you gonna do? Nothing Ooh, you can do. That's good. No, no one can stand between you and what's yours. Yeah, that's so except true. Except yourself. Except yourself. Right. Yeah. And so, if you just trust more, it, you you'd be so surprised. But it's just hard for us to live like that. To yeah. say like, man, it can't be that easy. You know. I know for me it is. I'm like, if I ain't have a hand in it, it must not be real.
0: Right. You, you got to be doing something that right. work. You yeah, know? but
1: I always got to remind myself, well, think about this, man. Anything that's ever happened to you that's been the best, yeah. you ain't know that was going to happen. Exactly. You couldn't have even written it like that. You Very couldn't true. even pray for it. You didn't know to pray you for that. You
0: didn't know to pray for it. Yeah. You know? So true.
1: And so it was just oh, tough. Man. Yeah, that's a tough thing to do.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. So good. Um, all right, so we're talking about a lot of good moments. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there have been some, there have been ups and I'm sure there have been downs, right? Mm. Let's talk about some of the downs. And let's talk about how you get through them. Mm. Because as an actor, I mean, I can speak to this. And I'm I'm sure anybody in this business, if you're in the entertainment space at all, it's like really high highs. It'll be like... Oh, you know, I'm in a movie today or I'm on TV and everybody's calling my phone, you know. And mm-hmm. then, you know, next month, how am I going to pay my rent? I'm about to call my aunt and ask her, can I borrow, you know, yeah. such and such, you know. There's no food in the fridge. Uh-huh. So how do you manage and does spirituality come into play there for you?
1: That's the biggest thing. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it, uh, also, I think my, my, my life, my wife, partner, you yes. know. My life, so
0: I don't miss it, yeah. That yes. makes
1: all the difference, Absolutely. you know, because we're both, you know, we're, we're, we're prayer partners and we're, you know, we're a spiritual team, And so yes. we make sure that we hold each other up. That's awesome. And so, you know, when I hit moments that seem like they could be rock bottom, which isn't very often, mm-hmm. but you know, you have your ups and downs, and the same yes. for her. We're here to lift each other up mm-hmm. and remind each other. Not so much like yo, I'ma hold you up, baby. I'm here for you. Right. Yeah, I'm a rock, but I'm also here to remind you of who's really holding us up. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And yeah. it's like, God got us. Yes. I'm babe, I'm holding you physically. I've got my hands on you. Yeah. But God is holding both of us. Yeah. And we have to remind each other of that all the time, you know? And and that helps quite mm-hmm. a bit when you have somebody who's in in who's in your household at close in close proximity praying for you praying the same prayer as you praying it helps that's a dream tremendously so good yeah it helps tremendously I don't even know how I could have functioned without that I don't I don't oftentimes know how I made it before that. I do know. I had straight-up ego, man. Ego <laughs> is, a, is like a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Like It'll it'll make you think you're doing something, and, right. you know, but the ego is also very fragile, mm-hmm. you know, and nothing stronger than faith, you know? Yes. There's ego and then there's faith. Yeah. You know, ego is faith in yourself, and, and you know, faith is, like, yeah. you know, belief in God. There's Knowing, faith in yeah. a, something way bigger than you. Right. And so she reminds me of that, as do I. So that kind of helps, okay. you know?
0: um okay so let's talk about often you know we have to make hard decisions as in the entertainment business right um you might be asked to do something that doesn't necessarily line up with your values how do you uh get through that how do you make decisions about compromising do you do you have to compromise have you ever had to compromise
1: um not to my knowledge uh oftentimes if i make a decision to do something i don't consider it a compromise Mm. you know because I mean, ultimately, our job as actors is to be storytellers. Yes. And so, you know, sometimes you're gonna tell stories. Oftentimes, you're gonna tell stories, especially if you're young and black, about people that may not line up with your,
0: yeah, with your
1: value system. Right. You Very know what true. I'm saying? Yeah. And so, it's just a matter of what you're capable of doing and what you're what I'm okay with. Yes. And more often than not, the stuff that makes me say no to a project. Uh, from a moral standpoint, is if the whole project is trash. Yeah. Like if the whole thing is just like this is the, what is the point in this? Right. Or why are, are the black characters like this specific way? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've been tricked before. Like I was on a show once before where it was like, in order to make the other characters smarter, they kept making my character dumber, mm-hmm. and it was pissing me off because I was only black dude in the room. Gotcha. And so it was like, why the black dude always got to be the one who doesn't see things? Right. You know what I'm saying? If you had told me that this is what it was gonna be beforehand, I would have told you, I'm not playing this role. Find somebody else. Yeah, that's the yeah, beauty yeah. of this work is that we're constantly having to reevaluate and, re- and check in. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very true. Yeah.
0: Have you and and have you ever gotten that weird feedback from like family and friends? Like maybe they love something or maybe they don't love something. Like, uh-huh. What What's What's that like? Talk yeah. about that. I love My
1: family's dope. I love them. They're so honest. Yeah. And so it, <laughs> it, I realized they've sent me out into this world and made me a person who's a little too blunt.
0: Because they are
1: very blunt. Uh-huh. My mom just watched something a couple of weeks ago where she was like, baby, I couldn't even get to the end of that.
0: That you were in? She turned it off. I can't.
1: Turned it off. <laughs> Come on, mama. <laughs> <laughs> turned it off. Her own son, she didn't want to wow. look at him on TV mm. because he was like, I'm tired of watching this. Wow. She said, we kept getting up, going to the refrigerator, and finally we just changed the channel. <laughs> that's hilarious and i was like look i I didn't even i wasn't even mad Mm -hmm. you know i was Mm -hmm. like that's fair fair. i didn't enjoy that project too much either once once it was done wow yeah wow so yeah you know it's fine
0: okay so we talked a little bit before about you stepping into the roles of being a producer Mm -hmm. and i mean I, i i feel like as people of color as black people specifically we are finding our place behind the camera a little bit more. And it's such an imp- important place for us to be, right? Do you right. feel that? Do you feel the weight of that? And is that the reason why you wanted to become a producer? Or was it, like you said earlier, just necessity?
1: Um, yes, yeah, more more of a, a little bit of both actually. Okay. Um, because I, I've been doing it long enough that I've kind of seen the, the industry shift mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, I came into the game during a period of time where they wanted a very specific kind of black person right. to play very specific kind of black roles. Yep. And so I, you know, and I weathered the storm. Yeah. You know, I've been the best friend. Mm-hmm. Or I've been, like I said, I've been the guy who was the dumbest guy in the room mm-hmm. uh, because that's the character they decide want, they want to make black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I've done the black projects where it was like, this is just like, well, just one, where it was like a little over the top. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, where. So I, I've seen all of that. Yeah. And now I'm seeing, you know, content creators take more control, creative control, and do these stories that are more representative of who we really are. Yes. And, and that's across the board. That's for everyone, you know, not yeah. just black folks. I mean, yeah. You know, you've seen it for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, you you, you want to participate in that. Yeah. You know, initially I wanted to produce, this is years ago when I first decided to do it, is because I really was noticing that like a lot of the black women that I was in school with mm-hmm. or are doing projects with were so much better than the counterpart, their male counterparts. Mm. Like some of these women were really good mm-hmm. and much better than us. Mm. And But they, you would never know because they're always just playing it's just ancillary characters, not right. really having anything to do. Right. And so I was like, listen, if I ever get a leg up in this business, I'm going to do movies and stuff that like kind of put black women in the center yeah. uh, just because I knew so many women with talent. Who, yes. could, who could do it yeah. you know and mm-hmm. still to this day like it, you know I'll say to my, my my management team just where I'm at career wise I'm always like listen you know if it's not the lead character you have to really talk me into doing it mm-hmm. but if it's me supporting a black woman you don't really gotta talk to me about it I'm okay. gonna do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like I'm yeah I'll, I'll take second banana if the, black, if the lead is a black woman I'll take second banana I'm wow. fine with that wow. yeah I respect that Then and like you don't even have to worry about it you know yeah. any other time I'm like well tell me why I should do this yeah. tell me why I should be number two to keep it subtle. right
0: Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Explain, Explain to me why this yeah. is something
1: I need to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I'm telling you what I want to do is throw something on my back, yeah. and so that's another reason why I, I want to, why I've gotten into producing because yeah. a lot of times if you want to throw something on your back, you know, you have to be the, the driving force behind getting mm-hmm. that whole process getting
0: it made. Greenlit, yeah, getting it made, yeah. You know, if
1: you mm-hmm. want to see something done, you sometimes have to do it yourself. Yeah. Very and true. now we have these options, and then, and then the further along I get in the industry, the more uh, resources I have.
0: Gotcha. You okay.
1: Know.
0: All right. Cool. Yeah. Um. Oh, for let's talk about for life. Yeah. So for life, as we you know we've been reading on deadline, and you know we don't know all the details yet, but is a. Yeah. A new show coming out produced by 50 Cent, right? Correct. Um, and I read a little bit about the gentleman who's actually based on a real person's life, right? Yeah. yeah tell us yeah. about it and tell us about your role in it.
1: Okay, well, For Life is uh, based on Isaac Wright. Yes. Uh, who is a gentleman who was falsely accused of being like a drug kingpin. Right. Uh, and was uh, sentenced to life in prison. Yeah. And um, he became a lawyer behind bars. Mm. And. Um, Defended, you know, went to courts and defended himself and got a, you know, got his, his, uh, his
0: conviction reversed. Yeah, he got his okay. conviction reversed
1: and got out. Now he's out in the world practicing law and a lot of what he does yeah. is for people who are falsely accused. Mm. A lot of his work. Uh, wow. And um, that's and a, it's, it's a lot
0: of that work to be done. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah. And so it, it tells that story. It's like that's like the backdrop of okay. it, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's the backdrop. Okay. Of it. And then it really is a story about Isaac, but it, within that, we tell the story about how the prison system is manipulated by politicians, mm. how um, some there are certain cities and towns that are just prisons are like their main income. Wow. You know, and so the people who work there, so they have there's stories about the the, the, the CEOs yeah. and like what drives them. Yeah. The of course there's the prison life storyline. Yeah. And then there's like how it affects the families, and mm-hmm. it's really it's it's really in depth and um, mm. gritty, and just I love I love the work that we're doing there. I'm
0: excited. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: great. And so I, my character's name is Jamal, and he's yeah. the the basically. I'm the I'm, it's the for lack like for short term he's the best friend of okay. of Aaron character who is basically is played by Nicholas Pinnock. Gotcha. Aaron is is the character is based off of Isaac,
0: gotcha. and so
1: we're in prison together. Okay, and I've shown the ropes, and um, I'm kind of like the the, the go to go in between to getting him clients from the different worlds. In which we move, you know, like, okay. you know, because I'm a guy who's able to bounce around from every, all the different communities Okay. because it's just, he's a charming dude and he, he kind of gets along with everybody. Okay. yeah right, <laughs> right, I see you. <laughs> you know, but if he has to turn it up, he, he will. Gotcha. Yeah, because it is prison and it's things do It's prison yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it's network. Is it network TV? Yeah, it's ABC. Okay, yeah. because I'm in, I'm interested to see how they're going to be able to do this on ABC. Right. We well, you
1: know ABC's got a little history with some grimy television in terms of like you know they had American um, American Crime that ran for true. two seasons.
0: Very true, and that was
1: very much like a cable sort of show yeah. that. Very true. And you know they they they've touched on it here yeah, and there, and yeah. so this is the you know another shot at that.
0: Yeah, this is a big issue: mass incarceration, right. Especially for Black people and Black men specifically. Yeah. So, it'll be very interesting to see how it...
1: It's that time. It's that time for us to kind of speak about it and, you know, and and put it out and and deal with it and see how it affects people on a day-to-day basis, you know?
0: Okay. Um, All right. Well, our time is winding down. I know we only have you for an hour, so I'm going to ask you the big questions. Oh, okay. Are you ready? I am. um, For the big questions? I am. (laughs) Yes, you know, get a little beverage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, What is your definition of God?
1: My um, definition of God is, um, I guess, the the uh, as a Christian, my my I guess it, my biblical my definition comes from you the know the bi- yeah, yeah, from my biblical experience, mm-hmm. which is you know the, the Father, the Creator of all, yes, you okay. know, yeah, are the over, the he who has oversight, yeah, and sees everything, sees all, right.
0: Mm-hmm. Where is God?
1: Well, uh, once again, God is also is you know is in us, yes. You know, God is in us and God is around us, mm-hmm. you know, and and so that, that's where you would find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something real deep and Some preacher-esque. Real deep but and like, yeah. nah, that's where you going to find them. Yeah, it. yeah, let's just be <laughs> Everywhere, right? yeah, pretty God much. Right, God is around us and in us.
0: Yes. Um, Speak to spirituality versus religion. Is that a thing for you? Or is this um, one and the same?
1: No, it's not really. I mean, you know what? I think that, I mean, for me, it's one and the same uh, because of the way in which I practice my religion. But gotcha. I do know that religion is is there are people who are, you know, have their own personal relationship with God mm-hmm. and they maybe don't really jive with uh, a, a specific religion. Yeah, yeah, a specific like, religion. Yeah, for various identify, reasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for various reasons. But for myself personally as a Christian and um, you know, particularly uh who bases you know my entire faith on the the word of God and yeah. the Bible. Mm-hmm. That um, you know there's very specific rules and ways in which we are told to practice. Yes, and I, I just I follow that. Yeah, you know, and yeah. um, that's so that's my religion and my my spirituality. All in one. Yeah,
0: I love it. Um, what is the lesson that has taken you the longest to learn?
1: Trust. Mm. It, it like the idea that God has me covered yeah. so much that like I need I can just totally and completely let go.
0: Yeah. And
1: just walk by blind faith. I'm amazed by those who can do it. I'm inspired by those I see who do it all the time. Yeah. But that's a lesson that I have to constantly kind of uh, renew my mind to those to that concept. Whew, Not to too. that concept, to that reality. I have to renew my mind to that. Yeah. And so oftentimes, you know, like I keep a journal and I might write down my, my blessings and Simone's really good with this. She has a blessings book. Mm. And Sometimes, you know, if I peek in there, I'll see things where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is a blessing. And there'll be little small things yeah. that appear to be small at the time. But uh, when you when you pile them up, you realize these are all things that I had nothing to do with mm. that were big blessings on my life, or little small blessings on my life. But I, I absolutely put no work in to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I could not have conceived of this. Yeah. And so I have to constantly remind myself of that when I get caught up. Or when I get too, when I feel a little anxious because I'm working too hard, yeah. trying to push something, trying to trying to fit a square peg into a circle, a yeah, circle hole, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's like the, these, these things you have to remind yourself of. Yeah. So that's definitely like been my greatest lesson and a lesson that I have to constantly go over it.
0: That's so good. Yeah. It's so good to me because it actually reminds me of this podcast. Because I've been stressing out about this podcast. Really, and it's like, how you stress out about God's podcast? Right. That's so yeah, weird. Nah, right? But uh,
1: yeah, but it's, it's human it's, though.
0: It's human, right? Right. But it's come together in such a way. I mean, Tim is here. You know, our sound engineer, up, Tim, Tim is over there. We had Drew, we had Adam. We have so many people who are just like, okay, I'll be a part of it. I love right. that idea. You agreed to be here. Yeah. Like, just hit you up, you know, on Insta. Cause right. Because I follow you. I'm like, Dorian. <laughs> you know, like, would you do this podcast? You're like, yeah, I'm coming through. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's just like, yes.
1: Any opportunity to talk about God and God's effect on my life, I yeah. think, is important. It's part of my purpose. Yeah. Because I think someone could look at my life and think, you know, I've had ups and downs, and some, many of which I'm very open about, yeah. um, some of which I'm not, but. Just to know that, to get to where I've gotten, and wherever that place is, or however, you, however one may look at it, to understand that I know that I did not get here on my own, yeah, and to be able to pass that information on to someone else yeah. who may need to hear that. Yeah. You know?
0: I learned today that you've had two open heart surgeries. Yeah. I learned so, that on Instagram. Right. You learn yeah. so much on Instagram.
1: Right, right, right. I know that's why I said things that I share and some things that I choose not to share, because right. I don't really lean on that too heavily. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But whoa. Right.
0: Look at you. Right. I can't. I can't tell.
1: Nope. And that's the whole game. That's <laughs> the whole reason smell for like it. Smoke, <laughs> they, you <know>, like <laughs> smoke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you just
0: stepped out the furnace and Yeah. You yeah. Don't
1: no. Smell like no smoke. Yeah. Smoke. Keep it moving because it's yeah. like I, I I had a goal. I had something set I mean, it, spiritually. I knew if I leaned on God during those those tough times, I was going to get out of it just fine. And the mm-hmm. first time I had the surgery was maybe five years ago, and it was uh, completely out of the blue, unexpected. It was it was super tragic and. And it was an incredibly crazy experience. And then the second time was like a lot smoother. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, you got to have this procedure done. Man, this is crazy. Yeah. I was working on a television show. I had to call them up and be like, listen, I got to go in for some surgery. And I'm going to have to, and I need two weeks off work to recover. Mm. I don't know how y'all going to work that out, but peace out. I'm out of here. And then they were good. Of course. I mean, good. what, else, they are they gonna yeah, what yeah. else are they going to be? Yeah, what else are they going to do? Right, right, Yeah, right. they figured it out. Yeah. You know, God already wrote that page. Exactly. He already wrote that chapter. And so, you know, yeah. But yeah. what a
0: blessing. I mean, so many Indeed. actors don't even have insurance. Don't even... Right. Can't even afford to, to take care of themselves in that way. Yeah. So... You know, it's, perspective is everything also. Indeed. Yeah.
1: Indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I look at that, all of that is a blessing. Yeah. You know, I count it all joy, as it, they say. I know, that's right. Yeah.
0: Okay, so last thing. Obviously, I always say, uh-huh. hashtag God is my agent. I would love to know, for you to fill in the blank, God is your what?
1: Pilot. You know, if you ah, say my co-pilot, Yeah, no, he's my pilot. He
0: straight up pilot. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a passenger in this I thing. I know, that's right. <laughs> hey, I like yeah, that. I'm a passenger in this thing. I ain't got nothing to do with any of this. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for being here, Dorian. No,
1: thanks for having me. It's been
0: so good. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I feel like I got a word. Did you? Oh good. I did. I'm glad. I feel lifted. I'm glad. <laughs>